0: You're listening to Radio TABS Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Garrard's Horse and
1: Hound. Things are a little different in Queensland this week or in Brisbane this weekend because the main meeting is tomorrow night at Albion Park. That's the Metro meeting. And we see the start of the Jim McNeil Trotting Championship for 2023. for Racing on Saturday night. That's a country front meeting. And we've got the Big Sunshine Stars healing Sale taking place on Sunday down at the Gold Coast at the Magic Millions Complex. So there's plenty happening. But the focus is tomorrow night, Albion Park. And as i said, we've got the first round of heats for the trotters stepping out. So there's a lot to look forward to. We've got a 10 raise program. Action gets underway tomorrow night at 5.25. We'll focus on those trotting heats in just a moment. But the horse that I want to focus on first and foremost this morning, who steps out at this meeting tomorrow night, is the, uh, the informed mayor, Uptown Beach Girl. Late last year, she was able to claim a Group 3 feature. Two runs back this time in and she looks bigger and better than ever. She's trained here at Recklip by Donnie and Maureen Smith. Donnie's online with us now, and he's joining us. Donnie, appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. This mare has just come back even better than the way she finished her last campaign. Yeah, Chris, she
2: um, she came back uh, probably about 45 kilos heavier out of the paddock. Uh, we raced her about 20 kilos over what she had been racing before at a first race back. And for a second race, she stripped about six kilos, so she's sort of getting back down to a, a, a good racing weight now, but she came back pretty big, which was, which, which was good. Um, yeah. But uh, she, she... I think she, uh, she does carry weight, and she's a, a, a quite a gross mare, so uh, it's good to have a little bit of extra weight there anyway.
3: Yeah, Donnie, uh, Andrew, Andrew Brown here. I think Chris might have just dropped out for a moment. So, uh, yeah, sorry, you were saying, keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she, um, she came back fairly big, uh, basically. And, uh, but that, that was good um, because then you've got, you got heaps to work with. And um, I, I, was, I was wrapped with the way she came back and wrapped with the way, she, way she's racing at the moment. She seems to have gone up another level, uh, especially in her head. She, she's really starting to switch on about being a racehorse now, which she probably was a little bit docile that way early on. But um, I think the breaks down in The world are good, and um,
1: but we are speaking with Donnie Smith, and we're talking about the Informer Uptown Beach Girl. So she came back heavier, Donnie, and she's slowly sort of starting to peel off that weight. But judging by the way she's going, uh, the, the weight's certainly not affecting her. No, uh, Chris, I think
2: um, she, being a grace mare, it's actually good to carry a little bit, a little bit of extra weight. Um, uh, but I think the main thing this time, the break has given her a little bit of. Uh, extra time to think about her racing. And uh, she's, came back, she's come back as, as basically a, a racehorse now, whereas before she sort of raced like a, a big baby. Uh, now she's sort of switched on to what racing's all about. And, uh, and Nathan Dawson said a couple of times she's just gone to another level and, and the sky's the limit really, really for her now. Well, she started her career
1: down in New South Wales, but since she's been based here with you guys at Rocklist, and when you first started working out with her, did you think she'd sort of reach the limit that she's got to so far? Yeah, a funny thing, Chris. I, when I first uh,
2: I drove her, I, I thought, um, "What a powerful, um, athletic uh, horse this is!" Um, and the more I, I worked on her, she uh, the more stronger she seemed to get, and and. And oddly enough, last time I still didn't think uh, her mind was where it should have been as far as being a racehorse goes, because she'd sort of wait for horses. I think she, I think she actually won two races at Albion Park where she waited for the horses in the straight to level up with her, and then she decided to, to, to take off again. Um, so she sort of got a little, had a little bit of a mind of her own, but now she seems to take a lot more notice of the driver, uh, which she probably didn't before. And as we know, um, if the horses can do what the driver wants them to do, it, it, it makes, the, makes the job a bit easier.
1: Yeah, and it's a really valid point. I remember those races where it was like she was waiting for them. And then you look at those two wins so far this campaign, she's been able to put a bit of a gap on her roles and really finish the job.
2: Yeah, well, that just comes back to what I was saying before. She's actually starting to take notice of the driver and what instructions the driver's giving her, she's doing now where before it was just a bit of a game for her to go and have a bit of a runaround, But now she's sort of. She's, she's listening to the driver and and, and getting the commands right, and um, she's much more she's a much more seasoned
1: racehorse now. So without putting too much pressure on, how far can she go, Donnie, Uptown Beach Girl? That's a very good question.
2: Actually, quite scary <laughs> because I, I reckon she's probably only 85% fit at the moment um, because she's she's really blowing hard after the races and after a track work. Um, once we get a, a down to you know, 100%, 100% which is probably another it'll probably take 6 or 8 weeks because she's such a, a good doing mare um, and she doesn't peel weight off easily um, you know and, and that's, a, that's a good thing really because we can race her week in week out and she'll just slowly improve as, as,
1: as, as the time goes so with the, the Constellations in July, is that something that you're starting to focus on now? Uh, the, the, the Golden Girl, the Group 1 race now with 150, and I think that the Fleur de Lil, the lead-up's were 50. Are they two big key target races for her this year? Yeah, 100%, 100% Chris. Uh,
2: she, uh, once she came, she's come back, uh, especially after her last uh, victory, she, uh, she signalled the fact that uh, I think we should aim for bigger and better things with her because... I'm sure that she's got a 151, 150 sort of time written all over her and, and, and do it basically on her ear, I think, once we get her fit. Um, mm-hmm.
1: but,
2: uh, she. Uh, so I, I think she can go as, as, as good as any mayor in Australia at the moment, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is she the first mayor
1: that you've trained?
2: Yeah, for sure and certain. Um, yeah. no,
1: I, I don't think i will swap her for any other mayor in Australia, put it that way. Yeah, OK. Well, that's, uh, that's good confidence with the mayor and the way she's going. It's, uh, it's hard to argue with that because she's been so dominant the way she's returned this time in. So that's the big target, the, the winner. What about this uh, appetite that uh, North Americans have for our Aussie mayors? Is there sort of any interest at this early stage with Uptown Beach Girl? Yeah, well, there was
2: an offer on the table just after she won the Group 3 race there before a break. And about two weeks ago, an agent rang uh, Jason Gaffney, the managing owner of the horse, and Forbes and offered him um, quite, well, put it this way, uh, uh, well, uh, well uh, about the $100,000 mark, so, and it was
1: knocked back. So they obviously think she can go a fair way. Okay. So would I be right in saying, just on the ownership group, Jason Gaffney, was he active at the yielding sales in Sydney last weekend? Uh, yes, they've got a group of Four guys,
2: Jason Gaffney, Mark Hardwick and Mark's son Bailey and Mark's brother, they've, they've got a syndicate together and they own and race a number of horses and actually, they actually bought two last weekend, two Mick Wicked uh, from yeah. the Sydney sales, uh, one for 18, one for 19. So uh, they're, they're, they're quite active every year buying one or two two young ones and, and uh, uh, so they're getting a bit of a team together down there at Forbes and hope they send out the good ones. Mm. You've been racing horses with them for quite a number of years now, too, haven't you? Yeah, they've had Guitar to Man. I have still got Guitar to Man with me. Uh, another one called Roll with Rocky, who who has uh, now retired. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, they've been loyal, loyal friends and loyal clients to our stable, um, and they're Thanks. lovely, lovely lads. And uh, we always try to look after them when I, when I can. Okay. Um, now tell me,
1: with with Bailey Hardwick, is he up? an up-and-coming footballer. Is he sort of uh, making that journey towards the NRL? Is he playing Q Cup? Yeah,
2: uh, Bailey. Yeah, Bailey Hardwick. He's, uh, he plays for Winter Manly in the local BRL. Um, plays first grade and has done for a couple of years now. So um, he's a, a regular at the trots and, and, and loves the industry and, um, and a real good bloke into the bug and, and, and loves to help out when he can. Um, so his hands he's hands he in the second row for Winner Manley.
1: Okay, okay, And then loves uh, spending a bit of time with these horses and a bit of downtime.
2: Yeah, exactly. Chris, yeah, no, he loves it. And uh, like many of us, we love the industry and um, and he, he, he can't get enough of the horses, to be honest.
1: All right. Well, I've got to ask this question as well. So you've got Uptown Girl unbeaten this year, two for two. You've had a great start to the year. Leticia was probably one of the uh, the buys of the year, and I know we're still early in the new year, and then Stormtide's doing a job. Which one is giving you more satisfaction out of storm Stormtide, and now Uptown Beachville? <laughs> That's a very hard question, Chris. Um, <laughs> um,
2: Laetitia was a good quote for ourselves. Um, Stormtide uh, is owned by very good friends of ours, and... Um, we spend a lot of social time together, and that's giving us a hell of a thrill. Stormtide's actually their first horse they've owned, uh, and they're having absolute ball. Um, so that that gives us a big thrill to see uh, see people so happy and, and celebrate victories and whatever. And um, the other one, oh, and Uptown Beach Girl. What's the other one? Uptown Beach Girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah well, she's well, she's a, she's. I put her in the excitement category. She she could be anything. So. I'll just try to keep a lid on her for a little while <laughs> and we'll see where Fair enough.
1: Just speaking of storm tides, so race by the fear gourds, and am I right in saying that their son Luke was in the winner's circle at the Mini Miracle Mile last week in Sydney?
2: Yeah, young Luke took his little pony down to Sydney and he won the Miracle Mile for the Pony Trotters, which gave everyone a big thrill. Um, Luke Luke's a, uh, a harness r- racing... Um, uh, fan, and uh, yeah, a young bloke is going to be up driving the big horses pretty soon, so um, that was a good little start for him, a good little thing on the resume to win the Miracle Mile. Um, at least we can stay in our stable now, we've got a Miracle Mile winner in our stable. <laughs> 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 yeah, well played, well played, well Does he do a little bit of truck work? Uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't, he's not allowed to, uh, I think it's 14 years when they've, they can get a stable hand licence. Okay. So he's still underage at the moment, so I think he's got to wait another six months or something, and he'll be able to um, do some track work, which I think he's counting down the days for. Uh, so he's
1: keen. He's uh, he's ticking off
2: the days by the sound of it. Yes, yes. You probably noticed he's over there most afternoons and nights watching every race. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and he works he does some stable hand work in the morning before he goes to school. So he's for a thirteen year old boy. He's, he's he's pretty keen. He's, he's up out of bed at five and doing the stable work and off to school, he toddles. And I think he's got three or four afternoons a week where he's back to the stables doing stable work in the afternoon. So he's doing doing the ground work, doing his ground work. Well, it's good, good to
1: hear. It's
2: good to hear
1: that we've got young talent coming through. Um, and yeah, It's to good see it. to see that you've got some nice horses getting
2: through North Stable. So, Leticia, he's now in North America, isn't he? Yes, he, he's over there in the snow at the moment, apparently. Um, nice. he's, arrived in, he's arrived over there in Goodnick and... Um, uh, he's having a week off over there. I think he might be starting work on the weekends again. So, so
1: it'll
2: be very very interesting to
1: see how he goes. All right. Meanwhile, Stormtide, Uptown Beach Girl, they're flying the flag. So they're doing a, a super job. Really appreciate yeah. the time, Johnny. Continued success with both horses, in particular with Uptown Beach Girl, as you push towards those man's features during the constellations.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for your time.
3: And Chris, our next guest is uh, coming through. Uh, yeah, Doug's, Doug's there, and so are you. Right. Right to go, Chris. Okay. All right.
1: Well, Doug Lee's about to join us now because we're about to focus on these opening round of heats of the Jim McNeil, the Trotting Championship, tomorrow night. We've got two heats, and they come through as races and six tomorrow night. Hammer, son, the before Doug Lee steps out in that opening heat, he's with us now. Doug, appreciate the time. How are you, Chris? I'm really well. How many times have you won the Jim McNeil, or is it still something that you haven't uh, ticked off the bucket list yet?
4: No, no, I've had the honour to win it uh, twice in two seconds, so it was, it's was it been pretty good.
1: Okay, so this is a series that you focus on each and every year.
4: Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah we we usually try and um, have one in it and uh yeah, so it's good to have one in it.
1: All right. Is Hammerson the right horse for this series in 2023?
4: Chris if it would have been the old series like up to a T4 I would say he would have been right into it up to his neck, but it's a a big jump from a 50 to a 70 raider. And uh you know, it's it's a fairly big jump, so I think the horses, um, the 2600 should help him because he always finishes off in his races. But again, you know, he's got to prove that he can take on the big boys. Okay. Since he's been here under your care, though, he's been very consistent and was able to
1: score at regular two starts ago. And he did it really well that day. And then last time out, he got beaten behind Just Call Me Molly. But she's franked the form because she to get on Tuesday. So
4: overall, he's been very consistent. Yeah, Chris, I didn't realise when he won, uh, he, was, he, uh, he went two minutes and six tenths and the track record was two minutes and five tenths. So um, that was a it would have been a good feather in his cap to, to uh, happen to break it. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. The other thing that stands
1: out for him uh, when you're looking at him uh, and his form lines for this series, like, is this the first time he's been able to start off the front line and all of his runs that he's had here in Queensland?
4: Sure is. I don't know what he'll do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at some of the handicaps he's been facing, like, just recently, 20 metres, and prior to that, he was off 40, 40, 40, 40. So you're right, he probably won't know
4: himself standing off the front line there on uh, Friday night. Yeah, no, no, you're probably shy at the front barrier, I'd say. (laughs) Don't say that. do not say that.
1: The the, the start is going to be crucial, isn't it? Because in any sense, start race, if you can get away quickly and
4: get handy... It, uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah, he's pretty, you know, he's pretty reliable. I, he broke, he broke about three or four starts ago, and it was my fault. I just pushed him. Uh, I did Nikki Wood gallop into the first turn, and uh, and I just pushed him a bit hard, and he broke. But that's the only time he's made a mistake since I've been driving in Touchwood. So. Okay.
1: How do you sort of line up your opposition? Is it the stronger of the two heats or the weaker of the uh, two heats?
4: No, definitely stronger. It's it's the stronger seed out of the out of both of them. Um, the other ones have sort of got the the lower raiders. Uh, there's a lot more lower raiders in the other one. So uh, and I think there's a scratching already. So.
1: Okay. Now tell me about the ownership group. Is there a couple of first time owners involved with Hammer Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Um, I, Andrew, Andrew and his wife. Um, they they've got a ten sh- percent uh, share in a horse. Um, with another trainer and it's won a race, but the other guy, Mark, he and his wife, they've never had a winner before and uh, they haven't missed a meeting and it, I think I've run about six or seven seconds on Hammer, and they come back and say, well, well, we can't win one, we can't win one. I said, yeah, he'll win one, don't worry, he'll win one.
1: So how do you think they're going to be going into this series? Do you think they're uh, nervous? Uh, the anticipation levels are
4: starting to get higher and higher as the race gets closer. How are they going to cope with this series? Chris, I think they'll I think they get a bit nervous, you know, because it's, uh, uh, you know, it's. I, I said to them here about probably a month ago, I just said, we'll just play it by ear. And um, if, he happen, if he can happen to get up to a 50 rate, well, We'll, you know, we'll go in that, give him a, ch- a chance against the big boys. And um, I they had a couple of um, them races at Albion Park, the non-band non, uh, races, and I dodged them because I didn't want to, I, I dodged them. I thought I'd keep him, if I could, keep him for this race and, uh, and give him every chance at it, you know. Yeah.
1: And he has been really consistent. So the owners are getting a good run for their money.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. When we bought him, when we bought him, he uh, the fastest he went down in Melbourne was two four point one, and I just thought if I could, if he could come up here and I thought he would win, you know, m- may have, may win a race and get the bonus and you know sort of that way. But he's he's jumped out of the ground. He's he's been you know getting beat just going two minutes and two one and and like I said the other day he all but broke the track record at Redcliffe so um i don't think he's really a death seat horse and he sat parked all the way the other day all of the last five furlongs and got beat ahead you know so um hmm. we'll still he, have a bit of fun with
1: him yet yeah yeah for sure and certain do you think he goes better at redcliffe or albion Park? Or it doesn't really matter he, he adapts anywhere he
4: goes yeah no no he uh i was i was pretty he went to redcliffe in a mobile and they went two minutes and uh he handled it. He handled it good, but he, the way he went in, that it was a true run race. They just went mad the whole way. They went strong the whole way, and and he just put him to bed when I pulled him out. And uh, and the other day they didn't go quite as fast, and it just made it a bit bit harder to come from five back and and get up to the leader. But he, like I said, he still ain't got beat ahead. So. All right. Well, he's
1: going uh, super. There's no doubt about it. He's going to be playing a hand. In this uh, series, no doubt, his form is very, very good. Overall, you've got the team going along really
4: well. DeValge is just flying at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You look at his sectionals each week, and he's he runs the fastest, fastest last half and the fastest last quarter. Every week he goes round, nearly. You know, um, and they're all they're all paying their way. You know, like they're very, they're getting a bit like me. They're getting a bit long in the tooth, but they keep every now and then they pop up and win one, and then run a few placings, so it keeps the wolves from the door. I tell you another thing that stands out with the gloves is a lot like Hammerson with the handicap. He draws badly more often than he draws good, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think when they get to a forty-seven, and they again, they're they're you know they race. He's a fifty-one. They race forty-seven to fifty-two or forty-seven to fifty-one. You sort of you know where you're going to draw, you know, and they you sort of the only only other way to get them to draw better is to put them out of grade, you know, and then. And then you, uh, you know, you, sometimes you still don't draw real good. Yeah. Uh, how many are you working currently? I'm working six, three trotters and three pacers, and I've got a, got a couple more young ones to come in. I've, I've got a, uh, I took um, just a bit Coco's foal, first foal, he's two year old, and I took him to Albion Park on Tuesday just to stand around. That's his first time off the place, so he's about a fortnight off. Or two weeks off, yeah. Fortnight having a uh, 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 education or a granny. Yep. Did he handle yeah. the occasion well? Yeah, yeah. He made it up with DeVouge pretty good. He got the shits when I all got. He got a bit cranky when I um when uh, the went out on the track. He didn't know what was going on. But anyway, he was that that will he'll have to get used to that if he's going to be any good. All right. And what's he by, though? Yeah, he's a majestic son.
0: Yeah, he's a majestic
4: son, and um, I got a yearling filly by majestic son out of Coco, and then I just a bit like mum, had a a colt foal by majestic son, and it's four four and a half months old. So, I've I've got nice bred ones to carry to start up, you know, from here on in to for the next two or three years, hopefully.
1: Well, you've had a great run with that family. Let's hope that trend continues, and you've you've given him every opportunity because he's a champion stallion, majestic son.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I picked him because he's uh he's been the leading trotting sire the last the leading trotting sire the last probably five or six years. So um, if they can't go, well, you, what what do you breed with? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck throughout the series uh, with
4: Hammerstone uh, lining up in the Jim McNeil. Hopefully it's a uh, series number three for you guys. Yeah, I hope so, Chris. Thank you very much for having me.
1: My right, pleasure. So Hammer Sun steps out in race four tomorrow night, the first heat
4: of the Jim McNeil.
3: And Gavin's now ready for you, Chris.
1: Okay, well let's keep focusing on these trotters. Gavin Crone, Team Crane, They've got a number of trotters stepping out as you would expect. He's online with us now. Gav, appreciate the time.
0: Ah, no, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Have you guys been able to secure a Jim McNeil trotting championship series in years gone by? No, it's eluded me uh, for some years now. Um, won a DJA, but haven't won a Jim McNeil, so it'd be nice to win one. Well, I was going to say, there wouldn't be too many trotting features on our calendar that you haven't won or certainly played a role in. No, well, that's probably right over the years. A little bit slower these, year, these few years, but um, hopefully we've got a couple that can go all right through the series this year.
1: OK, so do
0: you think 2023
1: will be your year?
0: I don't know. uh, Troy the Trotter's just sort of coming back from a long spell and he'll improve through the series, but um, he's probably the one. The other little mesh goes good, but she needs a lot of luck, you know?
1: Okay. Doug just made an interesting point how they've just tinkered with the series now and they've changed the conditions. So looking at this series for 2023, does it look strong? Does it look uh, fairly open? How do you see it?
0: Um, like it's fairly strong the horses off the back mark have been racing really well and they always seem to come forward a little bit in these series um, the front line is there's a couple of strong ones on the front but um, over the 26 i think you'd you'd be thinking the back markers are going to get in it pretty easy
1: okay let's start with troy the trotter who goes around in this opening heat now he's a very lightly raced five year-old he's only other six starts for a win turn line.
0: This guy can trot, though, can't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had him... He's been at work for a fair while, um, and we've sort of been up and down with him, and now we're getting serious. We've sort of focused on this race for him. Um, I didn't really want to start him prior. we just go into it fresh. But his trials have been OK. We haven't knocked him around. We haven't showed him up too much or pushed him hard. But his track work's improved from week in, week out, so we can only hope he's going forward.
1: Okay, so
0: he's had three trials in readiness for his return? Yeah, he had three trials. His first one, he just galloped down the back the first time. And then he went to Marburg, because I had to get him qualified quickly, to, just in case we didn't leave at the last minute. Um, he went to Marburg, got home at 29.4. I was happy with that, behind us paces. And then uh, his trial the other day, Matty just put him on the fence and um, sort of got blocked for a bit of a run. But then... Worked home nice without pulling the earplugs or anything. So yeah, he should he should be an improver, I think.
1: Okay, when do you reckon we'll see the best of Troy the Trotter? Is it still six months, twelve months before we see the absolute best of this guy? Because he's a he's a giant horse, isn't
0: he? Oh, he's a massive horse. Yeah, he's he's a, certainly a, he's a, it was a big boy when he was three when he was up here with Ricky Elgin and um, he's certainly big still. Um, He's still a bit dumb. I, I think he can when he decides to switch on. Maybe in another couple of months, he might switch on in three weeks' time. I'm hoping. So, uh, just time will tell. I think he will get better. Yeah. Yeah. Does he take a lot of work? Um, we've been up and down with his work. Um, the last few weeks, we've haven't overtaxed him at home, and he seems to be improving all the time. So, yeah, for a big you I think you'd cop a bit of work, but I don't think he does. No.
1: It's okay. more of this uh, new generation
0: where less is best. Yeah, yeah, you've got to learn. To, I think it's hard to make a decision when to back off and when to keep going, but it's a fine line. But if you get it right, you're right. But, you know, you can make a mess of it too. Yeah.
1: Well, that's Troy the Trotter. In the other heat, you've got Set 3 She'll almost be able to walk underneath Troy the Trotter because she's, uh, she's quite small in comparison <laughs> to Troy the Trotter.
0: Yeah, well, I don't really think she's... I don't even think she's 15 hands. Um, uh, she's only tiny little thing, but she tries her heart out. Um, she's done a good job for us since we've had her, and um, she does everything wrong and gets along the fence there. I don't think the 26 will be a problem for her if she makes the final, you know?
1: You're speaking on small trotters. Is she one of the smallest that you've had?
0: Oh, she's on par, I think, over the years with uh likes of Chocolate Girl. Uh, Forgotten Hero wasn't a big horse either. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, cool Fury, a little mare I had, I sold to America. She was only tiny as well. So I think I've had a good run with the small trotters, you know. Yeah, I was
2: going
0: to say, uh, it sprung to mind
1: when, when we started talking about the size because uh, Cool Fury was one of those star performers for you. She did a tremendous job.
0: Oh, she was super fast. I'm sort of sorry I ended up selling her. I would have liked to have bred with her the Kool and Nukes mares, Trotton mares, obviously. There's a Sebastian K. Philly that's getting around out of a Kool and Nukes mare that's flying, you know. So um, yeah.
2: I'm
0: a little bit dirty. I sold her, but she was very, very fast, yeah. Okay. Well, let's
1: talk
0: about Sydney 3. She hasn't started since
1: uh, January 31. So she's going into this series fresh. Uh, where is she at right now? Are you happy with her current condition?
0: Yeah, she she done really well. We give her a couple of weeks off. We sort of wanted to freshen her for this series. Um, done a good lead up to there. And she was a little bit ordinary to last run. And we thought, oh, probably should have give her a time off before that. Um, but she's working really well. She looks really well. She's put on a bit of weight. She's, everything's going right. Her heart rate and track work's been fine. So we're sort of, you know, slightly confident that she'll go run a nice race on Friday night. Okay. You haven't trialled her, have you? No, no, she works pretty good at home, Chris, you know, like um, sort of probably should have trialled her, but we hummed and hard and we said, oh, no, she's working solid enough at home to um, to, to get away with it, I think. Okay. Is she
1: in the weaker heat? Is, is heat one the stronger of the two heats?
0: Um, I haven't sat down and studied it, just on just what I've looked at. Um... Yeah, I think she might be. In a, I honestly don't know, Chris. I haven't had a real good, hard look at it. We're no, just hopeful. No. Long as she steps away and gets to the fence, I think we're, we'll be fine. She'll run a bold race. All right,
1: there's an early scratching in her He's seen Style, It was drawn to your inside, so that's that's not a bad thing.
0: No, no, she's been pretty safe away. This little men. nothing startling away, but she gets away good. But um, she can do a little bit of work early. But first up, I'd be hesitant to do it. But um, the opportunity arises, we'll go forward, you know. All right. Indefensible,
1: uh, he was back at the trials on Tuesday, took on some pretty sharp paces in that trial. So what's the latest with Indefensible?
0: Um, we were sort of getting him ready for the marathon, but we just had a little, got a little issue at the minute. Um, so I think we, we may not get there. He mm-hmm. uh, just I trialed him on Tuesday. He was in his worst behaviour on Saturday night and... Um, trialed him Tuesday and he come off a. Of, he may have had it Saturday night, we didn't know, and then he come with a little issue on Tuesday, so once I get him looked at and checked out, we'll know more, but it'll be up in the air whether he races now for a little while, you know? But, uh, okay, well,
1: fingers crossed, it's not as bad as what, uh, what, what you're saying, so uh, just on yeah. another matter, uh, any two-year-olds coming through for this year, 2023, as far as the trotters
0: are concerned? No, Chris, I'm all out. Um, we had, uh, my brother had a full brother to Indefensible in Melbourne. He had an accident and had to, had to um, put him down. So that wasn't a good thing. So that was my only two-year-old that was going to be this year. So that's, that was a big blow to us, you know. Yeah,
1: disappointing. Uh, but yeah. you'd be thrilled with the way that uh, the Trotters are, you know, are building here in Queensland. Um, RQ getting behind it, putting on some good money races, that would be very pleasing for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's just a few little things we've got. To, they're doing a super job, um, RQ. I, 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 you know, this is what I've wanted for a long, long time, 20 years, I suppose, since the inception of the Trotters, to get the juveniles going and, and for this to all happen. And now it's finally getting there, and now I haven't sort of got the numbers. But, um, no, they've done a super job, and I just hope it keeps going, and I hope people support it. And a few little feet, we're just lacking numbers at the minute, but I think they'll eventually grow here the older horses as well, you know. Yeah,
1: for sure. Well, it's it's just pleasing to see with the sales on Sunday. There's quite
0: a few trotters in that sale. Yeah, it's tremendous. Like, um, we've actually got three trotting meads in fold this year. Um, So, you know, even we're breeding a few now, which is I think we've got to, to try and keep up to everybody else, um, to try and buy them now. They're getting out of hand on prices and that, which is good for the vendors and good for everybody, I think, and uh, good for Queensland. And just on
1: that point, it's hard to buy the, the going-trotters from down south, not like it used to be in years gone by. You, you've got to have your homework done and finding the value is not as easy as it sounds.
0: No, Chris, I mean, I, I mean, you know, we had a terrific run early days and, and we were sort of getting nearly anything and coming up here and doing a job, but you can't do that now. Today it's all different. You've got to actually do your, do your form and do your look and, you know, and... um they always want a bit more money for them if they go that bit better, which is fine. And it's not too bad. You can get out of them all right up here and you just got to have something with a bit of speed now because there's no place for the faint-hearted. We race so different to the southern states. Yeah,
1: yeah it's a really good point. It's a really good point. Times are changing, no question, but for the better, I think. And uh, I'm looking forward to this series once again with Jim McNeil starting tomorrow night. Gav, really appreciate the time. Go well. Hopefully you can tick this one off your bucket list and get the job done.
0: Oh, it will be nice, mate. Be real nice. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. We've got joining us, talking
1: about uh, his running in that uh, Trotting Championship Series. Jim a man, that did so much in the sport many, many years ago. Getting the trotters off the ground here in the Sunshine State. Matty Young is about to join us. We're about to focus on master Park. Tuesday morning, we focus on GP. Matty's with us now. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Uh, looking at this card tomorrow night, we've got uh, the, the two-year-old stepping out again. Nasty fall there last week. Uh, that was the Colton and Gelding so they get to have their moment of glory tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was um, sad to see. Great, great Boulder was one of the sales toppers uh, from the previous year and um, he's just been a little bit fizzy in his races and Ryan Warwick tried to restrain him and he uh, just choked down and and he was, it was a harmless fall to the track and, and the horse is fine and everything's okay, but um, yeah, they had to call the race off with the horse in the middle of the track and um, push it back to this week so uh, it was a little bit deflating heading into the sales from the weekend, but at the same time, um, great decision to give them another crack, same barrier draws and everything, so it's, um, it's, it's really strong looking at the race, tomorrow's going to be a, a really entertaining race with a lot of very talented horses, as we spoke about last week.
1: Yeah, so that's race number six on the card tomorrow night. One of the big features tomorrow night is race five, the Caduceus Club three-year-old classic, and we get to see the return to racing of I'm the Black Flash for Team Hall. Uh, is there confidence in the camp over there?
3: I imagine so. Um, I think uh, he showed a great deal of ability last time in, and he's got some he's got some speed to burn and. Um, the depth there looks really talented. So with the break and coming back as a three-year-old, I think he's going to be nothing but uh, really talented. So, look, I think he'll uh, he'll run a, a big race. He looks one of the better bets on the card, I thought. I thought his biggest danger was um, actually uh, Skylord, but he's inside of the back row. He's three from three since returning from a break. And... Look, he ran second in the Golden Slipper and he beat home on the Black Flash on that occasion. But barrier 10, it's just a little bit of an awkward draw because they'll have to make some decisions and they could have to do some work outside of on the Black Flash who, with the draw, I think he'll be driven pretty aggressively and he's going to be close to the speed. Okay, so that's race
1: number five there tomorrow night. What's the best bet
3: at the meetings? On the Black Flash, race five, I thought that he was the way to go best bet wise or... Um, if you wanted to throw it into something else, I quite like race 10. Uh, number nine, I think it is, I'm a five-star general. He, he's got a string of seconds to his name, but it looks a really suitable race for him, and I thought he would uh, he would go around at around about the two, 250 mark, maybe a little bit less, and be very hard to beat. So I'm the Black Flash, I think, is the main best bet, but if you're looking for something else, I'm a five-star general on the standing start. Race number 10 looks very hard to beat also. Okay,
1: that's race 10, number nine couple of other things that i wanted to ask about the pinjarra cup on monday afternoon diego goes back to back probably the race didn't pan out as many were expecting there he got through along the inside jumping jack back at the top of the straight looked all over a winner but diego was able to shoot through so what do we sort of yeah. make of the pinjarra cup and how does that sort of translate to the upcoming slot race in a few weeks time well the pinjarra cup was it was
3: not too dissimilar to the WA Pacing Cup. They were just missing Labra Joe and Magnificent Storm. It was an outstanding field. And Diego went around at a big price and he was able to get the job done. Uh, I think it's a credit to Gary Hall Sr. as a trainer to see both Jumping Jack Mac and Diego first up since the Pacing Cup just roll in after five weeks on the sidelines and go 1-2 in a pinjara Cup. So... Um, he might not have as many horses as he used to, but he's still the best, that's absolutely for sure. Um, yeah, Diego was good. Jumping Jack Mac, I think, was the run of the race. He was really good in second. Uh, after that 31 change first quarter, it looked really hard for the back markers, and he had horses like Mighty Ronaldo sitting to his back, and um, he was able to drop him off. So that is how fast Jumping Jack Mac sprinted. He's ready to win a race. I could imagine Diego will be picked up by... Um, by the Hall slot. I could, I could see that happening, but I think Jumping Jack Mack deserves a slot. So um, there's a few there. It'll just be interesting to see. Tap Touch haven't named their slot holder yet, and I would imagine that Jumping Jack Mack would be uh, heading towards the top of that list. Uh, he might not win because he hasn't really won too many free-for-alls. He's been a bit of a bridesmaid, but I don't think that's through... Uh, his ability to try and win, I think he, he's trying to win. He just is finding it a little bit tricky with his racing style. So, uh, look, I think he'd be a great horse for anyone to have in the slot and uh, heading towards the Nullarbor on the 14th of April, uh, I can see a couple of horses being picked up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And he's an obvious one, Jumping Jack. Matt, uh, trials today, Jarrah wonderful to fly. The mayor's going to step out. Yeah, she's stepping out today, so
3: all that uh, issues with his documentation and uh, everything that we mentioned last week has been uh, sorted, so she will trial today. Lavra Joe returned to the trials yesterday at Bunbury, he was in two-horse trial, he went uh, 155.8 pretty much untouched um, and just, just cruising through the line, so he looks sharp on his return as well. So. Uh, if you have a look closely at his run on the WA Pacing Cup, he was really unlucky and he actually powered through the line. So, Leverage we'll Joe with a little bit of a freshen up heading into the uh, Nullarbor. Uh, they'll know he's there because he is so talented and um, mm. I think it's, it could be a really nice preparation
1: for him going in. Yeah, well, if he draws, uh, he'll shake the life out of that race, no question. H- how many runs do you think he'll have going into that at a, at a guess? Uh, he'll probably I'd say he'll, he'll I think
3: Ray normally Just trials and then races So he he might even um, Start Next Friday And then lead into the Bunbury Cup I can see him going into that race uh, Which is on the 24th of March And then he'll probably have another One one run before the Nullarbor, maybe even two Ray does like to race him Week to week and he seems to thrive off of the horse, as we saw him as a two-year-old, three-year-old, and even four-year-old. So um, he could have up to four runs leading in to the Nullarbor, but one of those, I
1: would imagine, would definitely be in the Bunbury Cup. Okay, well, a lot to look forward to over there in the West. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck tomorrow night, and we'll chat again next week.
3: Cheers, mate.